everyone, this is Erich, one of the co-hosts for the Very Snitches podcast, the World Club's very own podcast where we discuss current events in the monthly theme relating to one of the social science branches. For this episode, the current events that we will be discussing include the China Me Too movement, the Iranian protests, and the Thailand mass shooting that happened in the early weeks of this coming of this current month. Now, would our guest speaker would like to introduce herself? Hi, I'm Emery. I'm also the World Club's Secretary and Logistics Officer, and this is my second time appearing on this podcast, so it's great to be here again. That's wonderful. With that, would, um, would you like to start us off with our first hot topics of the China Me Too movement? All right, so a high-profile sexual assault settlement put a fresh spotlight on the Me Too movement in China. This case was brought against billionaire Richard Yu, who is the founder of the Amazon-like site called JD.com, by a student from the University of Minnesota named Liu Jingyao. Richard Yu was arrested by the Minneapolis police, but he was released the following day and allowed to return to China. Months later, Minneapolis prosecutors announced that they would not file criminal charges against him as they have cited insufficient evidence. Just for some context, in recent years, China's Me Too movement has faced setbacks due to government repression and a legal system that makes it difficult for survivors to prevail in court. China's Me Too movement was inspired by the stories of sexual assault shared by celebrities on U.S. social media in 2017. In the years that followed, several Chinese women came forward with their own Me Too stories. However, the movement has faced pushback from several quarters in China. Women who have come forward have often been shamed online. People bringing sexual assault claims face a much harder time in the Chinese legal system. The only reason why this case was acknowledged was because it was brought up on U.S. soil, which arguably has more transparent systems. The government has increasingly encouraged women to adopt more traditional roles. One central point of tension involves the decision to have children. With the birth rate falling, drastically in China, the government has axed the one-child policy and is now encouraging women to have three children. But some feminists have said that the government has adopted a pro-natalist stance that doesn't reflect the Communist Party commitment to gender equality. With all of this going on, as well as the tightening restrictions on expression and activism overall in China, their Me Too movement sees an uphill battle. I think one of the um, points that was brought up that is worth discussing is that just the way the Me Too movement itself was garnered within um, how it was um, responded to within the U.S. and compared to China, it mentioned there was much more transparency in the media for the U.S. compared to the media censorship that China is known for. And I think that's like a wonderful, um, important point to recognize when we're thinking about the success of this movement. Would you, um, do you have any other points that you think is worth bringing up? Just connecting back to the historical context of gender inequality in China, it's also because in the Communist Party, there isn't a lot of representation for women in the political party. Like just recently, uh, China has, just recently, like China's administration has, I don't know, they went through like some sort of refurbishment like so they started electing like a couple new communist leaders especially with like Xi Jinping coming to his third term and there were no women on something called the Politburo so it's like their communist kind of like 
so yeah that also like connects back to how like since there are no women in political powers it's also hard for women in china to see any sort of social recognition that's a wonderful point to bring up because there's been a lot of sexual assault cases that haven't been brought to light and i think one reason behind that is there's a lack of motivation behind it because especially with a lot of this these cases it's a lot of men with more power um kind of exploiting the lack of power some women have within the situation like one um that i've read about is a university student and the university professor with the professor um having reportedly um had um having reportedly sexually harassed the student and even though it started so long ago in 2004 it was only really brought to light re- lately and i think what you mentioned about that lack of female um figures does help does prevent them from stepping up with that yeah indeed so there's a lot more to be made And um, although we have mentioned, um, although the idea of it is that there has been some progress in, within the movement, it's definitely so, um, something we'd like to see is even more progress and even more recognition of the women who have been subject to sexual harassment and recompensation for what they've suffered. And it's nice to see, though, that we are moving towards that point. So. on to the next topic of the Iranian protest. All right. So, I'll take over then again. By the standards of the morality police, Masa Amini was improperly dressed, which could mean anything as simple as a wisp of hair protruding from her headscarf. They put her in a van and drove her away to the detention center where she was to undergo re-education. Three days later, on September 16th, she was dead. So the Iranian pro- protests started with the death of this woman, Masa Amini, who was 22 years old and who was allegedly told was violating Iran's strict laws concerning the wearing of hijabs. The first protest took place after Ms. Amini's funeral in the western city of Sakiz, when women r- ripped off their headscarves in solidarity. Videos have shown women burning their headscarves and yelling, woman, life, freedom, and death to the dictator, in which they are referring to their current supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Aside from that, men have also been participating in large numbers in support of women. Authorities have attempted to suppress protests through the use of force, for example, using tear, tear gas. Iran Human Rights, a Norway-based group, has said at least 201 people, including 23 children, have been killed by security forces. They have been denying they have been denying allegations of killing peaceful demonstrators, but they have been filmed firing live ammunition on the streets. Yeah, and um, actually, with regards to the latest statement, there's recently been, there's recently been a lot more violent violent response from the police. With these stats like increasing, um, with now there's reported at least 234 protesters, including 29 children, have been killed by security forces. And um, the way that it's been viewed by Iran's leaders, portraying it as riots instigated by foreigners, also kind of adds to the amount of harm in how this is being portrayed within the country. 
yeah, yeah. The the way the government is portraying it and handling the situation is just negatively influencing the perspectives of Iranian people and the way they they respond to the situation. So actually, on this day of recording, it, today marks the fortieth day of the traditional Islamic mourning period for Masa Amini. And yes, as you've mentioned, protests have been intensifying and a lot of university students as well recently have been gaining a lot more significance in the movement as well. And I think it's like um, something worth bringing up that student protests in general, especially in universities, it's always been, I suppose, quintessential or a common element of a lot of these movements. And so it's nice to see how a new generation is really taking it upon their hands to bring upon the change that they know will definitely be affecting them. And it's a very interesting um, point to see even within this movement. Yeah, I'd also just like to point out how this issue and the previous hot topic we just talked about both talk about discrimination towards women and the fact that in different places around the world, women are still largely marginalized and they are not being socially recognized and they still have a long way to go with equality so yeah yeah i think it really brings up that common theme that definitely needs more recognition it has gained um unprecedented attention with recent modern day times but there's still a long way to go and it, it would be nice to see a lot more progress within that movement in general. And um, if that's all, then I think we can move on. So I'll be taking on the next um, hot topic, which is the Thailand mass shooting. Um, so on October 6, a mass shooting and knifing occurred in one of Thailand's children's daycare center. It is now recognized as Thailand's deadliest mass shooting, with a pol- former police officer killing 38 individuals, including themselves, of which 24 children were killed, some as young as, as the age of two. One of the teachers that were fatally shot was also eight months old pregnant. And the um, shooter also killed his own family after a month after a manhunt for him had been announced, with a dozen others having been hospitalized, with six of those being in, con- in critical condition. So the attacker was armed with a shotgun, a pistol, and a knife. And he is alleged to have been under the influence of drugs as he was actually at a hearing over drug charges that day itself and was due to be sentenced the next day. And it brings up the um, issue of gun violence, which is a growing problem in Thailand, with it being the second country with the largest number of gun homicides in Southeast Asia. But according to gun experts, they say that mass shootings are rare for the nation, with most illicit firearms being used for crimes other than homicide. And so currently, officers are looking into tightening gun laws, with the Prime Minister ordering authorities to revoke gun licenses from individuals whose behavior may be threatening to society or may cause mass chaos or unrest. And so this includes, they also ordered the imposition of stricter measures on the sales and possession of illegal guns and requested the official step of drug testing amongst government um, officials as well. And so currently, the current restrictions set in place are that permits are not allowed for individuals who suffer from mental illness and have no income. And so um, they've also added an additional um, uh, requirement of those applying for ownership must also explain why they need a license. So currently, 
Um, it's seen that Thailand is a country with the largest number of guns, both counting both legal and illegal, held by civilians with about 10.3 million guns, most of which have entered the, con- the country through smuggling. And so they suspect that government officials, officials may also be a source of the spread of ammunition for a senior local official was recently arrested on charges of trafficking hundreds of firearms and thousands of ammunition. Yeah, so I think there's quite, I, I think compared to the other two topics, the thing that really struck me with this one is how there's actually a move towards change. They're looking into tightening gun policy, gun policies, like how easily people can actually access these. And as much as that's good, there's also this question of how effective will it actually be in the long term, though? That's true, especially since it was mentioned that a lot of these weapons and firearms get into the country through like illegal smuggling. So they were, so the government also has to address something regarding that. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, one thing that I found that kind of surprised me while looking into this was that it mentioned that um, gun violence is a growing problem in Thailand with it being the second country with the largest number of gun homicides in Southeast Asia. What I found was actually that the Philippines was the country with the largest number of gun homicides in Southeast Asia. Yeah, which from a Filipino is rather surprising news, especially given the fact that we don't see a lot of coverage on it within the Philippine news. That's true. I guess it also goes on a broader scale, like, mass shootings around the world they aren't really given enough media coverage like it happens a lot in the united states as well and they'd be briefly mentioned but not not a lot of light gets shed on to that which i think is also something society needs to work on aside from tightening gun laws we should also we should also shift our perspectives on how we receive these issues and how we can do to to address them. Yeah, most definitely. Recently, there's been a lot of attention on the U.S. mass shootings uh, due to the amount of um, just how much it occurs. But I feel like beyond the U.S., there are a lot of other mass shootings that occur around the world that aren't given as much coverage that also deserve attention. And it really brings up that question of whether. Um, people should really be allowed um, as much access to their um, to their um, to purchasing guns and just how much that has that affects how much that affects the society societal welfare with that I think that concludes this month's hot topic section a lot of the um, a lot of the topics mentioned were pretty heavy in terms of just in terms of the social issues that they addressed and although for a lot of these there is a movement to stop the um, terrible effects or consequences of um, certain human actions I feel like for a lot of them it still holds how much progress are um, how much progress is gonna result from these movements but most definitely we are looking forward to putting more effort into ensuring that a lot of these issues are resolved in a manner that's fair for everyone. Yeah, our society definitely has a lot more to 
to address and we just hope that we're going to see more progress from here would conclude our first episode for the October Verisnitches podcast and once again this is Erich one of your co-hosts for the Verisnitches podcast and thank you for tuning in to the October pod topics episode thank you everyone